And we're back with the second hour of the Conservative Daily Podcast, um, <laughs> talking about vaccine passports, talking about Joe Biden craziness. Anyone coming in late, the the pinch nipples part of the, of the title, as again, as I mentioned, you should rewind it if you haven't already. One of the girls from those viral videos talking uh, where Joe Biden literally puts his hands on women now admits that he pinched her chest and she has been bombarded on social media and, mean, and been forced to take down her social media pages. Really disgusting stuff. But now we're talking about vaccine passports. And I want to play this clip before we get into DeSantis. DeSantis's beatdown of Joe Biden will go down in history probably as one of the most epic beatdowns of Joe Biden. It's very easy. It's almost unfair at some, sometimes to, to pile on to such a feeble, foolish man. But DeSantis does it excellently. And, and this will also probably go down as the moment that DeSantis unofficially started his presidential campaign. But in order to understand what he's responding to, because he really does come out. And again, I thought yesterday that he had been asked a question and he was responding to it. No, he just comes out and just decides, I'm just going to go after Joe Biden. And the reason he did that was because that same day, Jen Psaki, blamed him for COVID-19 in the United States. I want to play that cut so you can understand the context, and then we'll get into the full four-minute DeSantis takedown of Biden. So let's start with this cut of Jen Psaki, cut number five. Let's play it. Jen, I mean, it feels like we're dancing around an issue here, which is how much are Governors DeSantis and Abbott directly responsible for what's happening right now, given that 50 million people live in those two states that are, I think Jeff said yesterday, one-third of all infections last week were there. So how much personal responsibility do they they bear? Well, I'm certainly not trying to dance um, in any way. Uh, I think what I said yesterday was that uh, at a point in every leader's life, uh, they have to make a decision about whether they're going to abide by public health guidelines uh, to save people's lives or whether they're going to be guided by politics. And I will let you all be the judge of that. Uh, public health guidelines are pretty clear as it relates to the benefit of vaccination, as it relates to the benefit of masking for communities that are not vaccinated. Uh, and you will hear the president convey later, if you are not going to be a part of the solution, if you're not going to be a part of saving people's lives, then get out of the way and let other people do the job. Get out of the way. Uh, that means don't ban, uh, don't make it harder for people to put requirements on masks or asking for vaccination status into law. Uh, let's see. Go ahead. All right. So get out of the way, DeSantis. You are the reason that COVID-19 is spreading. Get out of the way. DeSantis didn't like that. When you tell a governor of a state to get out of the way, so that unelected health officials can govern, it's not going to go well. So you need, to, you need to listen to that to understand why Ron DeSantis decided almost out of nowhere to go to the mic, ditch prepared remarks, and just savagely go after Joe Biden and his administration. So we played this yesterday, but this is we played a bit of it. This is the full clip, four minutes long, of Ron DeSantis t- taking Joe Biden to task pretty much on every aspect of COVID-19 response. Let's play it. This is cut number six. Well, thanks. We're, we're excited to be here. And um, I just want to say uh, something uh, quickly. Um, you know, uh, Joe Biden has taken to himself to try to single out Florida um, over COVID. 
this is a guy who ran for president saying he was going to, quote, shut down the virus. And what has he done? He's imported more virus from around the world by having a wide open southern border. You have hundreds of thousands of people pouring across every month. And it's not just from Mexico. In fact, it's rarely from Mexico. You have over 100 different countries where people are pouring through. Not only are they letting them through, they're then farming them out all across our communities across this country, putting them on planes, putting them on buses. Do you think they're being uh, worried about COVID for that? Of course not. So he's facilitating. Who knows what new variants are out there? But I can tell you, whatever variants are around the world, they're coming across that southern border. And so he's not shutting down the virus. He's helping to facilitate it in our country. And what is his big solution? What is he so upset about Florida? His solution is he wants to f have the government force kindergartners to wear masks in school. He doesn't believe the parents should have a say in that. He thinks that should be a decision for the government. Well, I can tell you in Florida, the parents are going to be the ones in charge of that decision. And one of the major uh, medical people in his administration just recently told parents that they should be wearing masks at home when they're around their own children. This is insane. Joe Biden also believes that vaccination should be mandated by force of government and that you should have to show vaccination status to be able to participate in society. Now, Florida, we're very proud of our seniors' first strategy. You look at the mortality in nursing homes among seniors, it's declined dramatically. But we said from the beginning, we're going to make it available for all, but we're not going to mandate it on anybody. That's ultimately an individual's choice to be able to do it. Biden, he rejects science because he denies the fact that people that recover from COVID have long-lasting immunity. And that's been proven time and time again, and the data is very clear. So his vision is, just like in New York City, restaurants should ban young kids from being able to go in because they're not eligible for vaccination. And law-abiding citizens have to produce proof of their medical records just to go to the gym or attend an event or just to participate in everyday society. He wants that, but yet if you want to vote, he thinks it's too much of a burden to show a picture ID when you're voting. So no voter ID, but have to show your medical papers just to be able to live an everyday life? Give me a break. And so I think the question is, is we can either have a free society or we can have a biomedical security state. And I can tell you, Florida, we're a free state. People are going to be free to choose to make their own decisions about themselves, about their families, about their kids' education, and about putting food on the table. And Joe Biden suggests that if you don't do lockdown policies, then you should, quote, get out of the way. But let me tell you this. If you're coming after the rights of parents in Florida, I'm standing in your way. I'm not going to let you get away with it. If you're trying to deny kids a proper in-person education, I'm going to stand in your way and I'm going to stand up for the kids in Florida. If you're trying to restrict people, impose mandates, if you're trying to ruin their jobs and their livelihoods and their small business, if you are trying to lock people down, I am standing in your way and I'm standing for the people of Florida. So why don't you do your job? Why don't you get this border secure? And until you do that, I don't want to hear a blip 
about COVID from you. Thank you. So that was epic. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's amazing. We watched it yesterday, and I, it just the end mic drop moment, I was like, wow, what a great line. And then you realize, oh, no, he went for three, four minutes savagely taking down Joe Biden. I mean, that was that it reads like a like a campaign speech. It does. But his job is governor of Florida. He is there not just to protect the people of Florida, but to protect their rights and their liberties as well. We, I, I mention this on the podcast all the time. Government's existence is, yes, it's, it's supposed to keep us safe in certain regards, right? Individuals cannot safeguard the country from a foreign invasion, though the militia is very helpful in that. You need a federal government, of a federal army, a federal navy, right, to, to safeguard the nation. And then obviously, yes, government has other roles as outlined in the Constitution. But chief among them are to respect individuals' liberty and rights. And when government becomes destructive to those ends... The founding fathers, as they wrote in the Declaration of Independence, it must be abolished. It must be changed or abolished. So when you hear, when you hear Saki, Jen Saki, circle back girl, when you hear her tell DeSantis, get out of the way and let unelected health bureaucrats decide what policy will be, what she is telling him is get out of the way so we can violate your citizens' rights and liberties. That is the very destructive government that the founding fathers quite literally fought to overthrow and enshrined in that document, in the Declaration of Independence, the language to empower, to inspire future generations to do the same the next time that that evil ever reared its ugly head again on the North American continent. And here we are, though. Here we are with that evil coming about again. You think about it, the, the founders, they had every right to be pissed, every right to be pissed. But when you boil it down, when you actually take the list of demands that the founders had, among other things, it included being angry about, about a tax on sugar, angry about a tax on paper, the Stamp Act, right? Angry about taxation. And listen, we all, we all moan and complain about taxation, right? It's, it's part of everyday life. They went to war over it. I mean, among other things, obviously, there were other abuses that they suffered at the hand of, of the British crown, for sure. I mean, that's the reason that the Third Amendment exists. Governments shall not quarter troops in their home because that's what the British were doing to American colonists, forcing them to, to house and feed British soldiers. But there were, there, were, there were a whole number of abuses, but none of them even hold a candle to what we're seeing from this administration. Which is why, yes, Mark Levin, as we played in the first hour, has every right to be pissed off and angry. I mean, Mark Levin, you can usually get him riled up about anything, but this is real. The, the, the violations of individual liberty that we are seeing from this administration, from the people who support this administration, unprecedented, unprecedented in American history. And they are precisely the kind of evils and tyrannies that the founders would have gone to war over. Yeah, there are a few examples in American history of uh, like the Whiskey Rebellion or Shays Rebellion, right? Where there were different insurrections, like bona fide insurrections, where people actually took up arms against the American regulars, like real insurrections. And, and once that kind of got quelled, everyone said, okay, we're not just going to go to war every time a tax gets passed that we don't like. Okay, 
I just want to make sure we all understand the rules. I thought that's what we did whenever we don't like taxes. But no, apparently we don't just go to war when we don't like taxes. So that's shifted. But what's never shifted is that government exists to protect your liberties, not to abuse them. And that when it becomes destructive to that end, when it becomes destructive to your liberties, it must be changed or abolished. It's not, it's not potential. It's not, oh, well, if you feel like it, you can change it. No, when government abuses its citizens, it must be abolished, period. And then those men who signed the Declaration of Independence, they assigned their death warrants. I mean, John Hancock, the term, give me your John Hancock, literally stems from him taking up like, like half the page. And when they asked, why did you sign your signature so big? He said, I want to make sure that King George could read it without having to put his glasses on. <laughs> Not only was he signing his death warrant, he made sure that everyone saw his name first. So Ron DeSantis' speech, yeah, sure. It reads like a campaign speech. It reads like someone who obviously wants to run for office in, in 2024. Um, and is setting the stage for that. But when I hear him talk like that and say, I am standing in the way, I will stand, I will not back down, I will not step aside, I will stand in your way, I see the same moxie that we saw from the founding fathers when they put their John Hancocks at the bottom of that Declaration of Independence. And it, it's, it's uplifting. Now, yeah, sure, Florida's great. I'm in Texas. Texas is great, though I do think that Abbott, as I've said time and time again, a little bit too much talk, not enough action. But on the issue of of vaccine passports, things like that, he's been pretty good. Though he did flip-flop a few times on the mask, but that's okay, right? He, we, we forced him to do the right thing. He's not as good as DeSantis, not, not even close. So I'm uplifted. But we've talked, I talked with Josh about, um, about factions, factionalization. The founders were very scared of factions. The idea that the American people could be divided by interests. Now that naturally happens. You're going to have the Whigs. You're going to have the Federalists, the Anti-Federalists. There have always been political parties in the country. Um, never political parties that have lasted as long as the Republicans and Democrats. They've kind of come and go with the ebb and flow of time. But they knew that factions would exist. They were terrified that tyrants would use factions, use the the divisions within the country to pit one side against the other because you can't be a country if half the country hates the other half you can't be a country where new jersey hates virginia i mean that was part of the congress of the uh, constitutional ratification process the new jersey plan plus the virginia plan that they almost came to blows over this over how should congress be designed right new jersey a small state, not nearly as densely populated as it, as it is now. New Jersey at the time, a small state, did not want a big state like Virginia to be able to rule over them. Virginia, understandably, had a lot more people, wanted to have representation for themselves and not just have an equal vote as New Jersey. So the Constitution almost wasn't ratified because the states couldn't come together. The different factions all had legitimate arguments. They couldn't actually come together. And the compromise was what we see now in Congress, that popular representation. You'd have, you'd have a different number of representatives based on how big your population is. That's in the House of Representatives. That made Virginia happy. And then New Jersey was made happy by the Senate, being each state gets two votes. 
Without that compromise, we don't have a country, people. But that one example of how legitimate factions who have legitimate gripes and concerns almost stopped America from existing. And that's not to say that you shouldn't be passionate about something. You shouldn't try and make one side and, and push your side. We actually absolutely should. But it's, it's very likely that the factions that form one side against the other will do more to drive the country apart than bring it together. It's, it's the Abraham Lincoln line. A house divided amongst itself cannot stand. And it's true. So when you see this with the vaccine passports, when you see the Democrat administration telling Republican governors, duly elected, I might add, can't say the same in many circles about Joe Biden, but duly elected, no, no asterisk next to Ron DeSantis's name in the history books for his election win. When, when they want to represent their states, they're told by the Democrat president, step aside. No, let, let, let the adults handle it. Yeah, sure, we're going to violate their rights. We're going to violate their liberties. Yeah, sure, we're going to arrest them if they, if they try to go out to eat without a vaccine. Yeah, sure, <laughs> they're not allowed to work out in the gym without a vaccine. You just got to step aside. I mean, this is the faction. There's lots of factions at work here. I thought that, that what finally made, what, what finally launched the Civil War, it's still possible, would be the race issue that really doesn't exist on a day-to-day -day basis for most Americans, but Democrats have hyped it up like it's around every corner. Like Democrats have actually hyped it up so that people think there is a white supremacist around every corner, that the country is somehow more racist today than it was in 1960, which is a farce. It is not true. I thought that the race issue was what was going to eventually, as Joe would say, make this all go kinetic. But now I look around and I see the masking, the vaccine, the, the have versus the have not, not in terms of income, but in terms of the vaccine. Telling, telling the vaccinated, oh yeah, the reason you have to wear a mask now again is because people won't get the vaccine. I was watching a TikTok and it was a kid, it was a, it was a baby, a baby in the ICU for COVID-19. Heartbreaking stuff, heartbreaking stuff. I, no one wants to see that. The voiceover was was basically something along the lines of, I'm really sorry this happened to you. If only people had worn their masks. I mean, that, that propaganda, everyone who saw that was pushed the propaganda that that baby is dying in the ICU because other people wouldn't put on a mask. Well, how is it? that we have places in Massachusetts. What was it? Was it, was it Martha's Vineyards? Was Cape Cod? One of those two. Just had a huge outbreak of COVID. 100%, near 100% mask uh, acceptance. Very high vaccination rates. And they just had a cluster. So if everyone's vaccinated and everyone's wearing a mask and they're still getting the virus, how the hell, where, where do you get off blaming people who don't want to wear a mask, don't want to get vaccinated for putting this kid in the hospital? And if that's the logic, then why aren't you blaming the migrants at the southern border who are waltzing right in, testing positive, and then Biden's releasing them anyway? I mean, the fact that Biden is not saying the same about the migrants tells you that this is not about science, it's about division. If Joe Biden truly wanted to follow the science, he would stop illegal migration. He would enforce uh, Title 42 more strongly. And he would say, no, pandemic. Lambda variant coming up from Peru. No, you're not coming in. 
I mean, at, at least then he'd be he'd be consistent. He'd be intellectually consistent. Instead, as we heard from Donald Trump Jr., as we heard from Mark Levin, as we heard from Ron DeSantis, locking down Americans, opening up the border. It's insanity. It's absolute insanity. Lots of people in the comment section talking about the uh, California runoff. I'm sure, uh, recall, I'm sure you all saw this. California is now declaring that because of the Delta variant, the California recall election will be mail-in. The one thing that could have possibly saved Gavin Newsom, the one thing, that's what they're going to do. They mail a ballot to everyone and then pay Democrats minimum wage to go and pick them up. Because of Delta. I'm telling you, the most dangerous variant we're going to see, the most dangerous variant we're going to see is the midterm variant. They don't know what the name is yet. They might run out of letters before now and then. But there will be a midterm variant that they will say requires more mail-in ballots. Really is disgusting. But no, they're, they're doing this to divide us. They're doing this to divide us. I mean, you saw, you see what they're doing to the Capitol protesters. Just today, there was one of those protesters. Let's see if I can find it. Uh, I'm going to use the term, I'm going to search the terms um, that the headlines use. It was one of the insurrectionists who was dressed as George Washington. Yeah, sure, we'll, we'll use the Huffington Post. Um, one of the insurrectionists, so-called insurrectionists, um, was dressed as George Washington. And all he did was walk into the Capitol. We've already shown the pictures. In the Capitol, the police were holding open the door. We've talked about it a lot on the show, how impossible it is for the electromagnetic locks in the Capitol just to be open. Those things don't open. I dare anyone to try and separate an electromagnet without actually breaking the, uh, the current. I dare you. I mean, maybe a small one you can, but the vast majority of electromagnets you cannot without breaking the current. Who broke the current for the locks on the doors? Did the insurrectionists make their way to the control room and push the button? Or was there a stand-down order issued? Because the pictures we saw was the police officers holding open the doors. How can you charge someone for unlawfully entering a building without permission from government officials when the government official is holding the door open for you. It is the universal sign of, come on in. <laughs> but no, now they're arresting people. They're arresting people. Go ahead, go to my screen, Mr. Producer. This is the guy we're talking about, right here. He was at the protest, dressed as George Washington, county flag, he waltzed in. He wasn't beating cops. He wasn't attacking anyone. What was his name? His name was, he, he's a Missouri locksmith. Um, but now they say Isaac Yoder. Now they're saying Nevada business owner. So I don't, they, oh, Nevada, Missouri. Oh, I didn't even know that was a thing. There's a Nevada, Missouri. That's confusing. Um, so yeah, a Missouri locksmith named Isaac Yoder dressed as George Washington arrested for simply waltzing right in. After they open the doors. Pretty shameful. I, I mentioned this though, because they are using this to divide conservatives. They're using this to divide conservatives. They got all of the conservatives who were there 
and they're trying to brand th brand them as the terrorists. It already worked in the GOP. We saw what happened. And we can take down my screen, Mr. Producer. We saw what happened immediately after the insurrection. The GOP, who were going to support the, the challenges to the election results, the certification of the Electoral College, they backed down. So we saw it worked right then and there. They were pressured into backing down and no longer challenging election results. As if a, a, a few hundred people walking into the Capitol changed the basic facts on the, on the ground of the election. No, it didn't. It's just they lost the backbone to actually fight for what's right. But no, that's another way of the, the, that they're trying to divide us into factions. Oh, you either support the insurrection or you don't. Which side do you fall on? It's the loaded question. It's like, when did you stop beating your wife? <laughs> do, you, do, you, do, you, do you denounce your brother? Do you denounce your, your compatriots? Because they, they were protesting? I mean, the vast majority of people there never walked in the Capitol. There are people who have been fired from their job just because they were at the Ellipse, which is on the other side of the National Mall. Just because they went there to hear Donald Trump speak. That's what I'm talking about. Factions. Creating <laughs> the pros and the cons. Getting businesses to fire people because of their political beliefs. I posted this, <laughs> I posted this on Facebook last night. Had a few beers. Said, so, hey, you know what? This is, a, this is a relatively deep thought. Let's go ahead and, and, and post it up. And it, and it was, I just want to make sure I, I read it correctly. Um, it was this. It was, uh, scroll down, scroll down. Oh, come on. Just, just when I want to pull something up, the computer freezes on me. Generally, the gist of it is if you still have the ability to think for yourself after all of the BS that liberals have tried to throw at you, then you are incorruptible. And that is why Democrats hate you so much. The reason that the hate keeps getting worse and worse and worse, the reason that the vaccine passports keep getting worse and worse and worse, the reason that the rhetoric gets worse and worse and worse is because the more you resist, the more you maintain the ability to think for yourself, the more incorruptible you appear to them. And how can you possibly live in their leftist dystopia if you have free thought? No, you're, you're incompatible. If you stand up, if you stand up and you laugh at Anthony Fauci's recommendation of potential triple masks, that makes you dangerous, right? If you ask Joe Biden, if you ask Joe Biden, well, you want Andrew Cuomo to resign because he molested women, but you are also accused. If you ask that question, no, that's free thought. You have no business here. Had a little bit too much freedom today, didn't you, sir? It's all what this is about. They are coming down on conservatives harder and harder than ever before because the more you resist, the more you appear to them, rightfully so, as someone incompatible with their, with their despotism. Like you will never, if, if you watch this show, and by the way, if you know people who think like this, share this with them. Not just by, obviously, yeah, hit the share button if you haven't already, but also copy the links whether it be Facebook, DLive, conservative-daily.com, that's probably the most consistent archive because we won't censor ourselves. Or Twitch, share it with them, right? Because if you watch this show and these are the thoughts you have, the truth is you will never find yourself under a government boot. You never will. 
I mean, and frankly, anyone who does, who says, yeah, you know what? I could actually find myself living as like a serf in their, in their, uh, in their tyranny. I could actually consider myself abandoning all of my, my, my conservative ideals and just being their slave. If that is your opinion, then this probably isn't the show for you. But if you can think for yourself, if you look at things that are obviously wrong, say that just doesn't make sense. How can, how can you lock down Americans but open the border? It makes no sense. Then this is the show for you. Because this kind of free thought, it's becoming harder and harder to find on the internet. I'll tell you that. I mean, Mark Levin's great. Mark Levin's great, but how many other conservative commentators have you seen completely shift their tone? And yeah, sure, sometimes I use language that is deliberately designed to protect us from lawsuits. Oh, oops, sorry, don't want to get sued anymore, right? But there are people who have stopped talking about election fraud entirely. Until very recently, Tucker didn't say a thing. Like a week ago, two weeks ago is when Tucker finally started talking about it. And when he first did, he didn't even use his own voice. He just quoted someone else. We covered it on the show. It was a long Twitter Twitter post. He just read it. So Tucker Carlson's first foray back into the topic of election fraud and Joe Biden's illegitimacy was done as a quote, specifically to protect him from being sued. I mean, to this day, there are Fox News articles, really old articles that include a disclaimer from Dominion Voting Systems. If I remember this correctly, I'll see if I can find them later. The disclaimer actually says, according to Dominion Voting Systems, this could not have happened because Dominion Voting Systems cannot connect to the internet. We've, that's been disproven. That was disproven months ago. Every week we, knew, we learn of a new way that Dominion machines can connect to the internet. I mean, just recently we learned that with a couple of keystrokes, as long as no one's watching, you can enter the BIOS. You can enter the BIOS of these voting machines, change the admin password, turn on the LAN card, whether it be Wi-Fi or Ethernet, you can turn on the USB input so you can put a little thumb drive in and run a clone that maybe maybe gives Biden 1.5 votes for every vote. And it's all doable. But there are Fox News articles that continue to contain the, if they haven't already been de deleted, have the disclaimer that this has been disputed by Dominion Voting Systems because Dominion Voting Systems cannot connect to the internet. They're just cowards. They're just cowards. How do you continue to be afraid of lawsuits about that issue? Right? There's other issues you absolutely should be afraid of. Like there was just a case in Denver where two people claimed that there was like their Facebook interference and they lost their lawsuit. And now they have to pay Mark Zuckerberg's legal fees. So they're, they're absolutely are legitimate reasons to say, hey, let's make sure we, we say this correctly. Let's, say, let's make sure we use the word allegedly just to cover our, our backside a little bit. But you still talk about it. You don't run and hide. But just look at how many shows run and hide. Look at how many shows refuse to talk about it. I love Ben Shapiro. I think his show's great. I mean, the deep dives he does into issues, great. He's not... Your uh, your election fraud, your go-to election fraud commentator. He's not, and he won't be. I mean, just the other day, he's like, hey, we should work with Democrats. I'm all for working with Democrats if there's legitimate things to work on. 
if there's legitimate things to work on, but not when it talks about compromise. Compromise, yeah, compromise is a dirty word because if you compromise with someone four or five times, they end up getting 94, 95, 96% of what they want. That's all it takes, four or five compromises in a row. Right, you give them 50%, then you give them 25%, then you give them 12.5%, then you give them 6.25%, right? Add all that up. Shocking. It's a shocking percentage of what you just gave them. So no, I'm done. I'm done compromising. One thing I will not compromise on, though, is Air Make Care Network, the coverage that we should all have should any of us need to be airlifted to a hospital for a medical emergency. We don't get to choose when we have to go to the hospital. God, uh, God willing, we never will need to be rushed to an emergency room. But you'd be surprised at how many people actually have to go to a hospital by helicopter. Not just people who get injured when they're rock climbing or hiking, you get lost out in the desert, right? Not even talking about those people. A shocking number of people who are just in the suburbs have a cardiac emergency or something else where they need to get to the hospital and, and, and they're, if they don't get there quick, they could pass away. And it happens during rush hour. It happens during rush hour and the highways are, are clogged. And maybe it happens in Washington, D.C. and Joe Biden's off to an event to sniff some children's hair. <laughs> Anyone who's ever tried to drive in D.C. when the president's about, you know that you can't get anywhere. Complete gridlock. Well, with the Aramid Care Network, you don't have to worry about the cost should you ever need to be airlifted in an urban environment, suburban, rural, or in the middle of nowhere. $85 gets coverage for your entire family for one year. It's less if you're a senior citizen, less if you buy three or five years at a time. As long as you are flown by an AMC and provider, you will not have to pay one cent for the medical transportation flight. And, and listen, guys, it costs upwards of 50 grand in some areas of the country. So you're going to want to go to the link in our description, airmakecarenetwork.com forward slash daily. And when you use promo code daily, you get up to $50 back in the form of an e-gift card, depending on how many years you sign up for. Again, that's airmakecarenetwork.com forward slash daily. And use promo code daily to get up to $50 back. So Mr. Producer Tr Chris, the fill-in fill-in, he says we have a caller. We didn't put the numbers up. We didn't get the numbers up because we wanted to give him a break because he's the fill-in fill-in. I didn't want to have to stress him out, but he says we do have a caller. And uh, do we have the, the caller's first name? Uh, ABQ505. Okay, <laughs> well, let's take the caller. Um, welcome to the Conservative Daily Podcast. What's your name? Hey, uh, I'm, it, this is Scott. I, I called you before Hi, about Scott. the border crisis. Stuff. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, yeah. I remember. Um, I I work graveyards, so I rarely get to watch the show live. Um, and I was listening to your show the other day about the eviction moratorium, and you were mm -hmm. like begging people to call in, like, "Please call in and tell <laughs> us like what you're experiencing and what's going on." Yeah. Um, I actually have a fourplex uh, here in, in the Albuquerque area, and mm -hmm. um, it's it, you know I charge uh, it's pretty close to a thousand dollars a month. And I've got three tenants that have been on this moratorium for, you know, going on 16 months now. Um, I've literally lost almost $60,000 yeah. in income um, because of that moratorium. Um, I, I wanted so bad to call you the other day and be like, hey, look, like, oh, no. You want to know what's going on? And, and, 
Like, we're and, and and you, last time you called, you were talking about how you ordered the Berna, correct? Yeah, 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 yes. yeah, right. yeah. I just want to make sure I, 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 I remember. Actually. Oh, nice, nice, <laughs> yeah, nice. So, were, were you able? Were you able to file? Were you able to file eviction papers in like the five days where this moratorium was lifted? Um, I actually filed all my notices and I posted them. And because of what happened on Tuesday, day extension, um, I had to pull everything. So you had to pull everything. So you can't um, even just keep it on the books, so that the that the day this nope, lifts, that that's when you can just go in. Nope, can't even keep it on the books. Um, the courts wow. won't even uphold it. And you know, the, the, <laughs> you're. No, it it. it uh, that's terrifying and we just you just cut out briefly so i'll I'll keep talking uh hopefully you, you cut back in um and if if we did just drop you please do call back in are, are you there i hear a little bit oh you're cutting in and out i'm, I'm not sure if that's my echo if that's him oh he's cutting in out so um mr Brewster, why don't you take him off see if you can and talk to him, see if he can uh, will his uh, his cell service to be a little bit better. And uh, no, I, 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 I can't hear anything. Mr. Producer, can you, uh, yeah, t take him off the air, see if you can talk to him on the side, see if maybe you can uh, give him some suggestions on where to stand um, to get better service. And let's bring him back on once he, he gets back together. But yeah, no, it's, uh, it's insane. The eviction moratorium stuff is absolutely insane because when Joe Biden re-implemented it, he admitted that it's unconstitutional. He admitted that he's not allowed to do it. He admitted that it won't pass constitutional muster, but he said we have to try anyway. He literally just admitted to violating the Constitution, violating Scott's constitutional right, constitutionally protected right to earn a living. Yeah, that's a constitutional right. It is. It is. You know why? Because nowhere in the Constitution does it give the federal government the power to say that Scott doesn't have the right to earn a living. That makes that right reserved to the states or to Scott himself. Right? The Ninth and Tenth Amendments. So yeah, even though it's not written, it's a constitutional right because it is reserved to Scott or the states, the right to decide whether he can earn a living. Joe Biden has no right to force Scott to go in, in the red 60 grand. I mean, at that point, do you even, he said he had a fourplex, he had three tenants. Do you even rent out the fourth room? I don't know if you even rent out the fourth room if I'm in his situation. I don't think I would because the risk of getting a deadbeat who's going to cause damage probably outweighs the benefit of getting some of that money. So I don't even know. I don't even know. Um... Okay, Scott's back. So why don't we bring him back on, Mr. Producer. Um, Scott, are you back with us? Yes, I am. You hear me, Max? Uh, yeah, sorry. You cut out, and I, I want to give oh, yeah, Chris, uh, our film producer, a chance to get you back on. So you said you had a four Sorry about that. And correct? It, uh, yeah, and, and you know what I just basically heard you say is the risk of getting a deadbeat? Um, uh, I've got three of them. You, you know yeah. what I mean? There's jobs everywhere. The, the New Mexico unemployment rate is at 
They are that's, actually that's offering $1,000 sign-on bonuses for people who will just go to work. Please come yeah. back to work. Like, we just want you to come to work. We'll give you 1000 bucks if you just get a job. And these people yeah. won't get a job. Like, they, they don't want to pay the rent, and they, they don't understand. Like, you know, as a mortgage holder, you don't have to pay the rent if you don't want to. But eventually, I'm not going to be able to pay the mortgage, and the bank's going to take it yeah. over. And then somebody's yeah. going to come in, and they're going to tell you, hey, look, you got to get out because we own this place now. And yeah. it's, it, it, it's, it's horrible. It, it, you know, I mean, you know, a lot of people, maybe they make more money than we do, you know what I mean? But $60,000 with the income, by the time you calculate in moving tenants in and moving tenants out, the repairs, you, you know, taking care of the appliances and the, Ut everything utilities? that goes are you, are on you with on the owning hook, a piece are you on of the property. Hook for any, are you on the hook for any of the utilities? Um, I actually, I pay the electric and the water on my fourplex and they pay the yeah. trash and it, it, you know, so, so basically so, I've been so, paying for it. And yeah. So, so if they take two hour long showers, <laughs> right, you're not even getting that. You're paying. You're paying for their yeah, their showers. It, yeah. Plus, I've got a fourplex with four swamp coolers, so we're pumping water all day long. It, yeah. it, you know, it's it it it's unreal. I I have washers and dryers in all of my units, so these people are washing clothes. They're they're just basically consuming my livelihood, and yeah. it's taking absolutely everything from us. And you know, my wife was like. <laughs> I, I I don't even know what to do. Maybe we should put the property up for sale because you know this is a piece is, of property that we got even into. If, even if you sell it, the new owners also can't evict them. That's the craziness exactly. of all this. <laughs> so who wants yeah, to buy and, it with and, a bunch and, of deadbeats? We put it on the market and nobody wants to buy it because there's no profit. Yeah. You know, I mean, even charging eight hundred and fifty dollars a month for each unit. They're they're two bedroom units. Um, you know, the downstairs units, they have backyards, the upstairs units have balconies, um, at $850 a unit, we literally just barely make the mortgage on the property. Yeah. So, I mean, I might cut between three and $400 a month back to pay for repairs, you know, and if I got a tenant that moves out in six months, <laughs> It it costs me every bit of everything that we put back to repaint the walls and, and fix the drywall yeah. and, and yeah. keep everything up to code. It's, so are it's, you it's are you are you obligated to make repairs if they're not paying? Yes, yes. Um, because That's of crazy. the New Mexico Housing Authority Association, it indicates that yeah. you have to maintain a livable environment for the people who are in your home. So, you know, if we have electrical problems but, or, yeah. you know, the appliances, they're in the lease. If, if anything breaks, I got to pay somebody to come out and take care of it or I got to go do it myself. And here yeah. recently I've had to do all of it myself because I can't afford yeah, of a $80 service call for somebody to show up and be like, yeah, it's broken. Um, it's going to cost you 120 bucks to fix it. Yeah. You know, now I'm $300 out just because <laughs> they overloaded their washer and they broke it. You know, like yeah. it, it's very rare to find a tenant yeah. that will move into your property that will take care of your property like it's their own because they're like, oh, well, I oh, rent. Yeah, of so, course. Uh, of course. You know, whatever. No, I mean, and it, 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 that's crazy because the New Mexico housing regulations 
are all built on the concept of they're paying for it, therefore you have to do it. Like if they were bona fide yeah. squatters who had never even signed a contract, you're under no obligation to make sure the light turns on when they when they flip the switch when they're squatting in your property, right? It's all built on the notion exactly. that they are you have you have a tenant um, landlord relationship. So you're being forced yeah. to to honor a relationship, a contract that you're not allowed to enforce. <laughs> That's I, I, it's I'm, insane. I'm basically, I'm basically supporting my own family, my wife and my two kids, on top of supporting three other families that refuse to just simply go to work. And, you know, you guys were talking about, oh, well, they gave these stimulus checks and, you know, most landlords will work with you. You know, if you took that stimulus check and, and you, you feed it back and, and you make a like a legitimate effort to try to pay things. And it, it, you guys were 100 percent right with what you and Josh were talking about. Yeah. These people got brand new big screen TVs and couches in their house, yeah. but they still yeah. owe me money for rent. Yeah. Like <laughs> I'm going broke. And, and, well, you got a yeah. bunch of brand new stuff. Like this is garbage. Yeah, and yeah. And, I can't and, apply I mean, for no you're help. Not, I do. You're not a big <laughs> bank. I mean, when when you hear the left talk about this issue, they talk about landlords as if they're some kind of entrenched multi-billionaire Wall Street type, right? You, as you just said, yeah, like you, you charge it's, about it's, a thousand it's, bucks. It's like you said, it's it's like you said on your show. It's it's like everybody thinks that I got a safe in the back room. It's stacked full yeah. of cash, and I can just keep forking out money for people like that's not why I did this the reason I did this is because I want a piece of property that eventually yeah. turns some sort of profit so I can pass that on to my son or my daughter yeah, or whatever yeah. and you know they've got yeah. residual income but I'm it, getting ready to lose sense. absolutely everything yeah yeah it makes it's, complete sense you get you get a property like this and you and you set the rent competitive and you know that you're gonna get enough to pay the mortgage and in 30 years or however long the note is, you'll own that place free and clear. Yeah. And as long as there's always someone yeah. in, in the units, you'll be able to just pay the mortgage. It, it's a great plan. It's, a, it's, it's the American dream of, of giving your kids a better life than you had growing up. Being able to say, oh, yeah, congratulations. When, when you pass on, uh, like, here you go. Here is a free and clear rental property that just prints money. Yeah. I mean, that's what everyone wants to do. Yeah, and and it, you have another job. You, you it, work it, late nights. It, it, you know, and, and Joe, he, he's entrepreneur of the year. You know what I mean? He'll, he'll back me up when I say this. The number one way to make sure that you make money is that your money has to make money even when yeah. you're not working. So while you're asleep, your money has to be making money. It has to be yeah. making money hand over fist, 24 hours a day, all the time, seven days a week, it always has to make money. And property is a good way to do that. You know, the more property yeah. you buy, you, you, you get some income, you, you know, and, and when Trump was in office, we were doubling up on payments. Uh, we took a 30 year mortgage down to, I, I think I owe like 10 more years and, and the property is completely paid for. But in the meantime, <laughs> $60,000 worth of income completely well, just gone think about this that. year. Like, just think about that. You, but, under one administration, four years, the economic situation was so good, you were able to overpay your mortgage and take a 30-year note down to something like 10. And now under just yeah. eight months, eight months of the next president, 
you are, I don't know if you're on the brink of bankruptcy, but 60 grand in the hole is nothing to, to, to shrug off. You went from I being did, able to I'm, cut I'm, 20 years off the note to I'm, now figuring, well, how am I going to pay the last 10? I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, man. We used to go to the lake every other weekend. You know, we got boats. We got a cabin out on the lake. We, we used to take vacation trips. We, we had a good time. You know, and now we're looking at the point where, you know, my kids are eating pork chops and ramen noodles, you know, because everything I got is yeah. just trying to keep us to survive because I'm losing everything. Meanwhile, you got these people standing out on the streets. We can't work. We can't pay. Well, it, you know what? There's jobs out there. I don't care if you flip a cheeseburger for a living or if you're a astrophysicist. Pardon my language. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, it's okay. It's okay. I don't care what you... I, I don't, I don't care what you do for a living. You make a living and you can pay yeah. your rent on top of the fact the state of New Mexico has $45 million sitting in the bank for rental assistance. Why don't you people try to get some money so that you can pay me so that I can keep taking care of you? You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm not a slumlord. Yeah. You know, my, my people don't live in trash. Like I take care of everything. Everything is top notch. You, you know, and, and they're just taking advantage of me. And by them taking advantage of me, you, you know, we're in a position where I had to take a second mortgage out on my own personal home just to keep up on the property that we that we maintain. And it, it's it, it's unreal. Now, luckily, the housing market is so amazing right now that, you know, the equity that we have in our own personal home was able to kind of kind of offset things. And I was able to keep but, but now, kind of the bank off my un- back for the now, property. Now you're underwater on your house. I mean, it's it's not mm-hmm. it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable long term. And the rental, obviously, you've looked into this more than I have because this is your your future. The rental assistance. My understanding is that the rental assistant funds from the treasury are to go to the renters. Is that correct, or is the rental assistance fund supposed to go to you? Because every time I read, it says it goes, the rent the renters. It, it, it goes directly to the renters, but because it's rental assistance, basically the, the check doesn't go straight to them. So if they apply yeah. for the rental assistance, then at that point, the state says, okay, so, you know, you owe rent on X property. Here's, here's the owner. Here's the lease. The check goes directly to us to maintain their rent. That way they know that they're not taking the money and using it for something that they're not supposed to. Yeah. But um, they have to apply? <laughs> but they have to apply. They literally have to apply for it and they refuse to apply yeah. for it. Like it's so simple. Why, Just would, they jump online, why, would, why would they apply? Why would they apply if there's no negative to not applying? Right. The reason you apply is you say, I'm about to be evicted. I need help. There's no reason for someone to apply. I mean, if, if they're a good person, then they would apply. Right. But if they're content with living right. off of your hard work and having you just foot the bill for their existence indefinitely, there's no, there's no motivation for deadbeats like that to apply. So you can't apply on their behalf? Nope. Absolutely not. They have to apply on their own behalf. Um, they have to sit a copy of their lease agreement. Um, you know, I get involved just a little bit on the back end of things to verify, yeah, um, this is my tenant. Yes, this is their lease agreement. Here's how much they owe. Here's how much they're behind. Um, and, and they do their best to try to at least catch them up. Um, but even once they get them caught up, if they're not going to go get a job, they still can't pay the rent. Yeah. So yeah. what am I supposed to do? 
You know, and the moratorium, it lifted on the 1st. I already had all the paperwork ready. I, you know, I went through the sheriff's department. I had everything ready. I posted eviction notices on three different apartments. Uh, pardon my language. I'm sorry. I posted okay. eviction notices <laughs> on three different apartments. And literally two days later, the CDC, yeah. you got to be kidding me. Like, yeah. you guys can't even tell me whether or not I need to wear a face diaper or not. You can't get your, you, you can't get nothing straight. And you're telling me yeah, that yeah. I can't kick these people out of my house? So I can yeah. move somebody in who has a job to, to maintain my income. You know, in the meantime, you know, like I said, it, it, being a property owner is not all it's cracked up to be. You know, people think, oh, oh no, I'll definitely. buy a house and, you know, everything will be cool. And, you know, I'll just make some money. I'll just sit on my couch and watch the cash flow in. No, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that at all. Yeah. I still work a full-time job. My wife works a full-time job. It, it's, it, it, it's unreal. And we're getting ready to lose absolutely everything. We are on the brink of bankruptcy. I'm getting ready to lose my own personal home. You know, you guys want to talk yeah. about, okay, so your eviction moratorium, you know, we can't put these people out in the street. Well, what about me? What about my family? Yeah. You, you know, I've, I've been working nonstop. You know, I'm an essential worker, and so is my wife. We've been working all the way through COVID, working our guts off. You, you know, that overtime out the wazoo, just gone all the time. And that takes away from your family and, and yeah, the, no, it does. It, it, the things that matter. You know, overtime pays more money for a reason because it pays you for the time that you're missing. You should be home with your kids. You should be home with your wife. You should be taking care of your family. You know what I mean? You should be able to go to church on Sunday, not go to work yeah. on Sunday. You, 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 should, you should have that. You know, they call it the American dream because it's an illusion. It's a dream. There's very few people that actually accomplish it. That's why it's called a dream, okay? And it, it, we finally got there. We worked our guts off, and we finally got there. And under Trump, we were doing good. And now all of a sudden, with COVID and Biden, you know, pinching nipples and being a pervert and, and <laughs> you know, like. Uh, yeah, no. So l let me ask you this. Is are you working with a lawyer on eviction stuff or are you just doing it yourself? Um, we, yeah, we, we have an attorney that files all the paperwork with us. Um, and of course, you know, it goes through the court system and with COVID and everything, it's hard to get people into court because yeah. they're so backlogged and this, that, and the other. And um, so the attorney draws up all the paperwork. We file the notice. Um, the local County Sheriff's department actually serves the notices for us so that it's, it's legit and it's legal. Um, you know, I can't walk up to your doorstep and give you an eviction notice. Like I, I can't do that. Yeah. Um, in the state of New Mexico, you actually, but you could give them, have... you could give them other paperwork. So like, for example, you could walk up to their door, knock and say, hi, tenant, I'm your landlord. Hope everything's going great. Here is the application for rental assistance. I've gone ahead and filled out all of the information I have available. All you really need to do is add your name and all that. Um, this is for you. Since you haven't been paying rent, this is for you to apply so that the government will pay me the rent. Just want to let you know, um, I understand things are weird. Things are really stressful with COVID. If you do this and make a good faith effort, I will work with you. But if you slam the door in the my face right now and, and tell me to just continue to pay for your existence, as soon as legally permissible, you will be in court. <laughs> Is there anything stopping you from doing well, that? Well, and here's here's the thing that that falls under um, some sort of oh, in, legal bylaw that's called coercion. 
Um, oh yeah. So <laughs> legally, I, I can't I can't walk them into that. You know what I mean? I I, I you know yeah. I, I've got a guy that comes and and sprays for bugs and sprays for the weeds and you know I've got a guy that takes care of the property and so on and so forth. And you know I can drop it in a casual conversation, be like, hey, you know, yeah. uh, New Mexico has a rental assistance program. Uh, you, you know, you might want to look into that, but I cannot yeah, yeah. literally give them the paperwork and talk them into well, doing it because that's coercion. And so at, it sounds point, like you it looks being like in, basically I'm trying to make money off of the state yeah. by forcing you yeah. to, that to makes do sense. this. And you being in New but, Mexico, it seems like you need you need a guy. You need a Mike Ermintrout, the character from Breaking Bad, who is the enforcer. It sounds like if you can't. <laughs> have that conversation you need a guy to have that conversation i'm not encouraging you to break any laws but everyone needs yeah. a guy better call Saul, right? and if that guy yeah if, if that guy is just gonna have a, a friendly conversation and, and and at the end say i was never here um it sounds like it sounds like you might be one of those people that need a guy well um i'm really sorry you know i've, I've had the conversation with my tenants i told them straight up like look you guys don't have to pay if you don't want to. Like that—that's—that's that's the law. That's the the requirements that we're under. You don't have to pay if you don't want to. But if you don't pay, eventually, I can't pay. And if I can't pay and I lose this property, the bank's gonna take over. And you might not necessarily have a landlord that's quite as nice as me that takes care of things the way I take care of them. Yeah. So if you appreciate me as a landowner then you should probably pay your bills because yeah. otherwise, uh, you know, you don't know who you're going to get. You might get some guy out of California that bought the property and has absolutely no clue what's going on. They might want to destroy know? it and build something else. <laughs> no, it's yeah. uh plus well, you, you, your lease agreement. Once the property ownership changes, your lease agreement means yeah. nothing in a court of law. As soon as the property ownership changes, he can say whatever he wants to. He can put whatever he wants to in the lease. He can evict you if he wants to. He can literally come in and say, hey, look, I just bought this property. You got 30 days to get out. Get out. Yeah. And he can move whoever he wants to in here. You know, there's no security to that. So maybe, just just maybe, you, you might want to try. You know, and it's, it's, it's just, it's in an uproar between the border crisis you know, I, I keep hearing everything that's going on in Texas. Uh, New Mexico's in the same place. We we share a whole lot yeah. of border with Mexico. And, you know, the things that are happening around here and the people that are coming up here, they're they're no good. It, you know, it, it, they're taking over. And <laughs> what are you going to do? I mean, well, I'll, t I'll tell what are you, you gonna do? I'll tell you, um, uh, we're, we're not sponsored by them in any way, but Dave Portnoy and, and the guys at Barstool Sports, when they set up that Barstool Fund to help struggling businesses, um, they really yeah. should open that up to mom and pop landlords because the, the, the restaurants and bars are open again and they, they're sitting on all this money. They don't know what to do with it. Um, I, would, I would suggest uh, apply, apply, T talk about, uh, apply to the Barstool Fund and say you're, you're a small business, a mom and pop landlord. And uh, talk about how you're you're working late hours trying to provide for your family, and you can't get through this COVID. And you need help. I, I would recommend you apply. I don't know if they'll if they'll accept it, but I mean, they started with restaurants and now they do laundromats and all different things. 
um, if you're an incorporated business or have an LLC or anything, um, I'm sure that they would, yeah, we're, they we're, would help. We definitely, we, we went with the LLC because I'm not trying to get sued for my own personal oh, yeah, you know, yeah. soul props. Yeah. That's, that's a joke. So, you know, if you're a soul prop, you're getting ready to lose everything that you have the second something goes bad. So of course, yeah. you, you know, we applied for the LLC right away. Um, we're not incorporated because we're not big enough to be, but at the same time, it, it wasn't meant to be a big thing. It was just meant to be, yeah. okay, well, you know, let's, let's buy this property. We bought this property like eight and a half years ago. You know, we paid 180 grand for this little place and we fixed everything up and we started moving people in and it, it was just meant to be a residual income because like I said, your money has to make money even when you're sleeping. Yeah. So that's the best way to do it is to invest in property and, and just let it grow. And this was something that I was just going to, you know, my son gets old enough here. Look, I got this piece of property. Just take care of it. Just collect the dividends on it and and make your money. You know what I mean? Um, But I I, I would tell you, I would tell you, check it out. It's um, we're not connected to them at all. But it's uh, it's. Let me make sure I get the right one. Thebarstoolfund.com forward slash apply. Yeah, I'm I'm familiar with him. He's been on Tucker yeah. Carlson several yeah. times. He's it, yeah, yeah. So I, I think you should apply. Yeah. I, I think that you have a you have a great story. Um, living the as you call the American dream. Um, or trying to <laughs> fight for that American dream. I I, th- I think I think you have a great you have a great story, and it, it's a type of small business that doesn't get the same coverage as the bars or restaurants did. So I, w- I would encourage you to apply. I don't know if they'll accept it, but um, it's, it's definitely a compelling story. That's for sure. Well, well Scott, I, I appreciate the call. Um, I appreciate you calling in. I know you said you work nights, so I know you should be sleeping right now. <laughs> but I, I want to thank uh, you for calling yeah, in. I don't, I don't, I don't actually work tonight. So that's why I'm up. I'm watching oh, the show. Okay. I'm, I'm staying with you. You know what I mean? On my days off, I try to watch yeah. the show and I try to stay with you guys, but um, at night, you know, I turn in my Spotify and, and that's no plug for Spotify. <laughs> okay. But, you know, I listen to my audio podcasts and, and, and I try to stay open with you guys. The only problem that I have is a lot of the time with Spotify, it's like two and three days late before. Yeah, you, I know. You guys is, it, it, it's weird. Your it's weird. Um, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. They update on their own schedule. Um, so sometimes they're quick, sometimes they're slow. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to put another email into them, see if maybe we can get sped up a little bit, but, uh, Scott, do you have, are you comfortable? I was, I was listening the other night and I heard this thing about the evictions moratorium and you were like, please call, please, please call. Like if you're a landlord (laughs) or if you're a tenant and please call, please call. And I was like, Oh, I wish I could call. Like it's, four o'clock in the morning i no, i can't i'm I'm gonna call i'm gonna tell max i'm gonna be like hey man like i love your show i support everything you guys do um you know i'm i've I've come to the point where i'm not a republican but i'm not a democrat um i'm a conservative you know i don't trust any of them they're all trash as far as i'm concerned so you can go ahead and you can go ahead and put up your synonym for trash (laughs) i didn't have one because i didn't plan on using it <laughs> I didn't have it ready to They're go. All trash. <laughs> well, uh, it got you on the spot there. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I I don't believe in any of them. I just I believe in working hard, making money, taking care of your family, and as long as you hit your knees more than you more than you do anything else, you know, just 
send a prayer up every single day and and things will get better and god has a plan and that's where we're at i i I appreciate the call. I really do. Thank you so much for calling in. Um, I'm. I hope things get better. I hope there was news that there was a um, that there was a lawsuit filed. That basically, the the realtor associations. I think it was Alabama refiled their lawsuit that that the Supreme Court had had refused to hear on on the whole logic that the moratorium was ending. They refiled. So I hope that this unconstitutional moratorium, as Biden even admits it. I hope it gets lifted. I hope that things get better. And thank you so much for calling in. I really do appreciate it. I, I thank you so much for taking my call. I know it took up a lot of your time today. So that's okay. Um, you know, it was, I, a, it was I, a good I, call. I, I really appreciate you guys. So um, thank you very much and keep up what you're doing right. and fight the good fight. You know, all right, well, thank you. God saves all. So yeah. Well, thank you so much, Scott. And have a great rest of the day. Well, that was a completely different topic, but you know what? It is, it, he needed to talk about it. And, and I don't have all the answers. Uh, I think he probably would be very well served to call and uh, apply for the Barstool Fund. There isn't a fund set up for mom and pop landlords. They've been completely demonized. They've been vilified. Um, they basically have been made to look like the Monopoly man. Like they just have all the cash. And uh, that story is, exact, is exactly what we, what we were talking about a couple of days ago. The eviction moratorium applies to his tenant, but because he went into the equity in his home, I guess it wouldn't apply to him. None of this is fair. None of this is just. None of this is equal. It's Democrats wanting to pick winners and losers. And in this case, they decided that Scott would be a loser. And no one should have to deal with government stepping in and blocking them from earning a legal living. It shouldn't happen. It just it shouldn't happen. Now, if you're a drug dealer, but you're gonna get caught, right? If you're if you're a pimp, you're gonna get caught. But he's he he tells that story that he bought this property. He bought this property to basically pay the mortgage and leave it to his kids. That's as American of a dream as it gets. And he went from he went from being able to pay his mortgage down from a 30-year note to 10 years left. To now being 60 grand in the red because he's not allowed to actually evict the deadbeats that won't pay. And the only way for him to get the relief that, that Biden says, don't worry, we're having an eviction moratorium, but we're going to give rental relief to the landlords. The only way for that to happen is for the deadbeat renters to apply. And if they don't apply, they can just keep living there rent free. It's sad. It really is. Uh, someone has to do something about it. And we can't wait. We can't wait for 2022. We can't wait for 2024. It's uh. It's, it's heartbreaking. Well, we talked a lot about a lot on the show today. We talked about Biden. It's been so long ago, but people coming in late, they're asking, like, what the hell are you talking about? Because we're talking about the eviction moratorium. We started by talking about the young girl, now a teenager, from that viral video of Joe Biden pinching her chest, now admits that, yes, he did pinch her in the chest, but she's being attacked on social media, so she had to take down her social media pages. We talked about the vaccine passports, we played Ron DeSantis's brilliant takedown of Joe Biden, and then Scott um, called in and, and and talked about what what's going on with him and his 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 fourplex and how he's sixty grand in the red. So lot, lots of conversations today. I hope this was a good podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Joe should be back tomorrow. He, he missed his flight today, so uh, had to go solo. 
But uh, starting next week, it'll be Joe for a week. We have a bunch of guests lined up. Um, so Joe's going to be doing a ton of interviews. I'm going to be out spending some time with family. Um, but you're going to have me one more day. You'll have me tomorrow. So make sure you tune in tomorrow and every day, Monday through Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern, available on Facebook, DLive, Twitch, conservative-daily.com, and now CloutHub as well. Make sure you tune in. That's going to be it for this edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. Cue the outro music, Mr. Phil and Phil and producer Chris. That's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. If you like the podcast, as I said, it goes live 2 p.m. Eastern on all of those channels. Links are in the description. You're also going to want to make sure you get the audio version of the podcast. Um, that's available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. That was the right music, Mr. Producer, Mr. Phil and Phil and producer Chris. Um, Make sure you find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Podbean. Just check out all of the links in the description. Um, we don't have the link in the description. I don't know why, um, but we should um, for the 1776 Patriot Ranch, 1776patriotranch.com. Check that out and, uh, and, and join the ranch. If you, if you want to own a piece of the border, that's how you do it, 1776patriotranch.com. That's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. My name is Max McGuire. Remember, everyone, that the fight to take back our country isn't over yet, but the only way we win is if we all stand up and fight together.